Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Hello, guys, and welcome to the Bible Explained podcast. My name is Jen. I am the host here, and I'm just so excited that you chose to turn on this podcast and join me this morning to discuss Luke chapter 22, verses 1 through 13. So grab your Bible, whatever version you prefer to read out of, and also your cup of coffee or your cup of tea, and let's just go ahead and jump right into Luke 22 today. So sit back and relax as I read this out of the WEB version of the Bible. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is called the Passover, was approaching. The chief priests and scribes sought how they might put him to death, for they feared the people. Satan entered into Judas, who was also called Iscariot, who was counted with the twelve. He went away and talked with the chief priests and the captains about how he might deliver him to them. They were glad and agreed to give him money. He consented and sought an opportunity to deliver him in the absence of the multitude. The day of unleavened bread came, on which the Passover must be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat. They said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him into the house which he enters. Tell the master of that house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room? Where may I eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large furnished upper room. Make preparations there. They went and found things as Jesus had told them, and they prepared the Passover. The time is coming for Jesus to do what he was coming to earth to do. And that was why he was in Jerusalem, was because the Passover was approaching. Israelite men at this time period would typically travel to Jerusalem for the Passover. So yeah, that's where Jesus was. He was very publicly also in Jerusalem, which is very interesting to me because uh, Jesus knew he was going to die. I mean, there's no two ways about that. He said so many things at this point that has predicted his death, like he knew he was going to die. Yet he was so public with his ministry, like you knew how to find Jesus. (laughs) And even though that was dangerous for him to be so public, at the same time, the chief priests were very afraid of the people. That's what it says. The chief priests and scribes sought how they might put him to death, for they feared the people. So because Jesus was so public, even though that was dangerous for him, the chief priests were so scared of what the people would think of them that they were unwilling to arrest Jesus in person because back in these days everyone liked to stone each other (laughs) we still see so many instances of like times when they just wanted to stone people like i don't know they just really enjoyed picking up the stones and throwing them so yeah the the pharisees were scared that the people were going to stone them if they tried to um arrest jesus so they feared The people, and they also feared their image. They really only cared about their public image and how the people viewed them, which is very funny because the Pharisees also treated the people like absolute garbage, yet they cared so much what the people thought of them. That's very interesting. And I noticed that a lot with um, like very famous people, like Hollywood people. They treat human beings like absolute garbage, yet they're very interested in making sure that their public image looks good. They're very afraid of the people while also treating the people like trash. (laughs) Interesting how that works. 
But anyway, the Pharisees feared the people, didn't fear God, could care less about God, apparently, because they were willing to kill God's son. So they were looking for a way to kill Jesus. They were so jealous of him. They were so jealous of his public ministry and how much the people were flocking to Jesus that they were just willing to kill him. And this just goes to show, like, even if the Pharisees didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, how corrupt they really were, that they were willing to kill an innocent man just because this innocent man had more popularity than they did. So yes, they're trying to find a way to discreetly kill Jesus without it being too much in the public eye. So it says they're seeking, they sought, is what it says. They were seeking this, they desired this, they wanted to kill an innocent man, let alone the Messiah. They wanted to kill God's son. So it says here in verse three that Satan entered into Judas, who was also called Iscariot, who was counted with the 12. This just goes to show that you cannot trust appearances because I'm sure that Judas appeared just like one of the other 12 disciples. I'm sure that he went around preaching and traveling with Jesus and possibly performing miracles even because it does say that Judas went out uh, with another disciple and they preached and uh, healed people and stuff. So I do wonder if, if Judas healed people. But it says now that Satan enters into Judas. So this just shows that Judas was not truly a Jesus follower. What's interesting about Judas is the fact that he's barely mentioned in scripture. Barely. The only time he's really mentioned is during the time when he goes and betrays Jesus. That's really it. So the fact that he is never mentioned is actually pretty concerning. For the sole reason that we see all the other disciples asking Jesus questions, uh, learning from Jesus, and declaring Jesus to be their Messiah, to be God. We see that the other disciples come to these realizations and revelations about Jesus over time. However, Judas is never mentioned in any of those. That is extremely concerning because that means that Judas never truly had those revelations. That means that Judas never truly believed Jesus to be God, Jesus to be the Messiah, Jesus to be his Lord, like the other disciples did. That is why we need to not look at the outward appearance. Because even though Judas was definitely part of Jesus's group, and you would never think that he would have Satan enter into him, like ever, <laughs> It doesn't matter. He did. And his heart was not right with God. That is why it says in the Bible that God looks at the heart. We look at the outward appearance because that's what we can see. But God is the one who looks at the heart. And there's so many times in scripture where it says that the church is going to grow to be huge, right? We're going to, there's going to be so many followers of Jesus, but some of them are going to be corrupt. Some of them are going to be false teachers. Some of them are going to be Judases in our church. People who appear to be great on the outside, but on the inside, perhaps they do have Satan inside of them. We don't know. That's why we need to pray for our churches, that they are protected for your church. Pray for your church because we don't know who could potentially be these Judases that want to destroy it because they are anti-God. And we know that Judas just from the brief few mentions that we have of him in scripture, we know that he was the treasurer. And we also know that he was greedy. 
because he stole from the treasury. And it also says, and I think it was the book of Matthew, that Judas himself went specifically to the priests to ask how much money he could get for betraying Jesus. (laughs) So yeah, he was a greedy guy. He liked his money. And uh, this caused him to see an opportunity where he could get some extra dough. But we don't really know what Judas's intentions were for betraying Jesus. We don't have a good uh, insight on that. We know he was greedy, so that could have possibly been part of it. But we don't know if that's the full story or not. A lot of people have liked to claim that there's so many things that Judas was thinking or feeling or whatever. But we really don't know. We have no clue (laughs) about Judas or anything. There's been even people that have claimed that, you know, Judas was part of this like military resistance that wanted to kill Jesus because he was a zealot or whatever. And uh, there's also people that have claimed that Judas wants to make Jesus show himself as the Messiah and he had honorable intentions. Yeah, but if Satan was inside of him, how could Judas have honorable intentions? Like that just makes no sense whatsoever. That's very stupid. And I actually heard, I was watching a documentary years ago where they said that uh, Judas was the start of the Christian faith, not Jesus. Judas was because he was the one that betrayed Jesus and started everything. That is so stupid. That is so stupid. Because John the Baptist was the one who was making the way for Jesus and starting Christianity. Like truly John the Baptist was really the one that began the Christian movement and then Jesus truly solidified it uh, during his ministry. In all honesty, Judas really did nothing for the Christian movement. Either way, Jesus was going to die. And if it wasn't through Judas, it was through the Pharisees or through somebody else, the governor. We don't know because that was Jesus's ultimate goal was to die for humanity to take away the sins of the world. So Judas really had almost no part to play because it would have happened either way. So we can't really give Judas any credit at all for anything other than being a total scuzz. Because that's what he was. Judas was. He was a scuzz. That's what Judas was. That's my uh, little poem I just made up for you guys. So Satan enters into Judas, who is called Iscariot, who is counted with 12. And by the way, I should also mention that uh, Judas had his own thoughts and feelings. And though I don't understand a lot about demon possession, I truly don't understand a good deal of it. But I do believe that some level of allowance happens. I don't think that Satan can just go into any human being ever. (laughs) I do think that certain people allow it to happen in some way. I believe that when Jesus went around casting out demons, he was being very gracious towards people who were lost and sad and allowed those uh, demons to come in and possess them. Jesus showing his grace and mercy to those people and removing that presence from the people, giving them life and hope and uh, getting rid of those demons that cause so much darkness inside of them. And so, I mean, that's just my own personal belief. However, I do think it is dangerous to say that people don't have any control over themselves because that is uh, an anti-biblical teaching. Now, once the demon enters the person, I don't know at that point, and I'm not going to say that I do and try to give you like 
biblical fact because I don't know. I don't understand demon possession. And I already said that. I do know that people do have control over themselves because that is stated in scripture. Once the demon enters in, I don't know how much control people have or if they work side by side. And I'm not going to go into this too much because I don't want to start babbling. But I think it's dangerous to say that Judas had no control over his emotions and this was all Satan. I think Satan influenced Judas very strongly to betray Jesus. But I do think that Judas did have some amount of control over himself to choose whether or not he would listen to Satan and go and betray Jesus. So we know that Satan is extremely jealous of Jesus and of God, right? That was the first true sin was Satan became jealous of God's power, wanted to become God himself. This is the teaching that is in scripture, wanted to become God himself and God cast him out of heaven because of his jealousy and his elevating of himself above God. Yeah, jealousy is a dangerous game to play because uh, it causes us to do things that we wouldn't normally do. That's why it says in the Bible to get rid of all jealousy and slander and evil behavior and all that stuff. So anyway, Judas, a greedy person, Satan, a very jealous entity, uh, they work together to go to the priests and betray Jesus for an amount of money. And so it says that they were glad and agreed to give Judas money. So the high priests were like overjoyed. They're like, we've got our chance to kill Jesus. This guy that's giving us so much trouble and taking our thunder away from us. We finally have our chance. They were glad, it says, and they agreed to give him his money. So Judas consented and sought an opportunity to deliver Jesus to them in the absence of the multitude. So Judas is predetermining how to betray Jesus thinking about it, trying to find the right time. So it says here, the day of unleavened bread came, which was the day that the lamb was supposed to be sacrificed. It says that Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. I talked a little bit about the Passover lamb and uh, Jesus. And a lot of people ask, like, why did the Passover lamb have to be, you know, sacrificed if Jesus is our Passover lamb? And to that, I just say that it was a tradition. (laughs) It was going to happen either way. Like even if Jesus died before the Passover lamb was, you know, slaughtered, it didn't matter. It would have been, (laughs) it would have been sacrificed either way because that's how the Israelites did things back then. But yeah, Jesus himself is our Passover lamb. But now the day of unleavened bread came. So the first day of Passover, which was a a week long feast. And so Jesus says, go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. So the disciples are like, all right, what should we do? Jesus says, when you enter the city, there's going to be a guy carrying a pitcher of water. <laughs> so this would have been kind of an or a not ordinary sight. Typically, women were the ones that went and got the water. So possibly they would have been able to find this guy decently easy. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, this is interesting that Jesus has done this a handful of times to his disciples to make them go complete a task and give them like almost crazy scenarios that end up happening perfectly. Because <laughs> he did that with the donkey a week prior to this. These are just more possibly little miracles that he's showing his disciples that he truly is the Messiah and that he sees all. You know what I mean? So anyway, there's a guy carrying a pitcher of water and he will meet you. Follow him into the house, which he enters. 
and tell the master of that house, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large furnished upper room, so make your preparations there. And that's exactly what the disciples do. It says they went and found things just as Jesus had told them and they prepared the Passover there. So I mean, yeah, Jesus just showing more of himself as the Messiah. And also this kind of shows a bit of um, secrecy also that Jesus told just a few of his disciples that all of this was going to happen and where he was supposed to make preparations. Perhaps this was so that Judas would not too early come and uh, betray Jesus. Jesus already knowing, of course, that Judas was going to betray him. It's possible that Jesus did this almost in secrecy so that he would end up having the Last Supper with his disciples, which became a very important event because that's where the new covenant was established. We'll talk about that on Tuesday. So I'll see you guys then. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I hope that you um, are blessed throughout the week. I'll see you bright and early tomorrow for an episode out of Deuteronomy. Happy listening and God bless.